Char Chat is a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Everybody, it's Monday, September 10th, 2018. I'm Caitlin Flay. And I'm Tanner Green. And you're finally listening to Chart Chat, your weekly guide to the past week of pop singles hitting the US and UK charts. Caitlin, you're back. back. Oh, I'm so happy you're back. (laughs) I know. I've missed this so much. I've missed just even like keeping up to date with chart debuts it was like a void in my life i just wasn't checking it i don't know what happened but you know tanner's always here for me and that's why we're here today (laughs) and we are here for you listeners and also here for you is a lovely list of uk chart debuts hit me with it from last week we have at number 83 homerton b by unknown t wow dr seuss entry at number 74, we have Mostak with his new single, Litness. Not Litmus, Litness. At 73, we have Ill Blue, Krepton Conan, and Lowski with Chop My Money. At number 55, we have Bring Me the Horizon with their song, they pronounce it Mantra. I would pronounce it Mantra. At number 51, we have Jason Derulo, David Guetta, Nicki Minaj, and Willie William with their song goodbye and topping our list this week at number 21 we have idol by bts featuring Nicki minaj tanner over to you over here on the u.s side of things we will also see that bts song but we've got a bit of a ways before we get there starting with number 90 we have zed and ellie do hey do he i could not find a way to pronounce her name uh but i can pronounce their song which is titled happy now debut number 87 there's charlie puth with the way i am Chris Jansen debuts at number 86 with his song, Drunk Girl. <laughs> Debuting. <laughs> you take a Sorry. drunk girl home. <laughs> Difference between a boy and a man. It's right. so good. That's like my going to be my unwritten dissertation of my life is bow country. Like I, I just, I'm floored. <laughs> so yep. good. Yep. Debuting at number 83, there's Lil Duval featuring Snoop Dogg and Ball Greasy with their song Smile, Living My Best Life. Sheck West debuts at number 82 with Mo Bamba. After him, there's Ozuna debuting at number 72 with Unica. Young Boy Never Broke Again featuring Kevin Gates and Quando Rondo. They all debut at number 69 with their song I Am Who They Say I Am. And as promised, debuting at number 11, there's BTS featuring Nicki Minaj with their song Idol. Caitlin... What are you picking for your grand return to Chart Chat? My grand return features three songs. I don't have too, too much to say about most of them, but I really want us to listen to these tracks. They're so different, and I think that this smattering we have is kind of unique. I don't think I've had a 
kind of headbanging metalcore song before in my lineup. So, of course, we're talking about that. But first, Mostak. He's really killing the charts this year and also last year. Uh, He toured a lot in 2016, 2017 and kind of built his fan base. So now uh, his track Litness has about one and a half million views on YouTube, which is pretty good for kind of a little fish over in the UK. Little refresher, because I think we have mentioned him before on the podcast as a feature. He's a 24-year-old rapper, kind of one of the newbies on the block that I talk a lot about and that we're not really impressed usually with most of their music. Um, He's never really been straight grime, as I'm more used to. He has a way slower, dare I say, more American kind of style of delivering rap lyrics. Um, yeah, he's just never had that kind of choppy square sawtooth sine wave stuff that goes on in grime music. That was for all our techies out there. Um, it's kind of, am I going to do an example? I'll do an example. Kind of like, like those kinds of things rather than like the very cushy stuff that you're about to hear. It's more like, wow, 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 wow. It's more gauzy. Okay. So Mostak's been on my radar personally since 2014 when his first single Nobody came out. And content-wise, since then, he's kind of switched from being the guy that talked about life on the streets and growing up in London and a tough kind of life to, like, lighter stuff, stuff that is lit, haha. And just subject, thanks, Tanner. (laughs) I'm going to leave again, okay? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so for more like heavy subject matter to now stuff that really doesn't hold any socio-political importance whatsoever. And that switch admittedly did bug me at first because that's kind of why I pursued graduate education was to learn about street life street music and now i'm starting to appreciate this stuff on its own so let's take a little listen to litness most stack when i pull up it's litness you don't want to miss this they say i've changed i'm improving my figure now you're missing your missus let god be my witness when i pull up you know it's litness you don't want to miss this they say i've changed i'm improving my figure and now you're missing your missus When I pull up it's litness, you don't wanna miss this When I pull up it's litness, you don't wanna miss this Mama she talk more than you can handle I love it when you speak Espanol Kicked on a driver, breezing automatic and I can speed in a manual Hold up pause, flexing your face by force Yeah, yeah, yeah and the shop's just a five-minute walk, but it's still to the bends, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mic check, mic check, mic check. Okay, little taste of the new Mo Stack. Things I like about this song before we get into why Tanner is shaking his head vigorously. <laughs> I really, really like how the synthesizers change throughout the song, especially in the verses. They're pretty consistent during the choruses. But in the first verse, we get the synthesizer kind of transform into more of a steel drum sound. In the second verse, it 
kind of sounds more bell-like than the previous steel drum. And then in the third verse that you heard in that clip, it's almost non-existent, but you can hear it panning and it kind of has this wobble to it. I think that's really cool. And I think in a lot of pop music, uh, it's played straight, just the same kind of chorus, the same music in the verse, and the, the melody is often the thing that changes, rhythms and melody. Um, or rhythms in the melody, rather. So I appreciate that. I also really love that super high distorted vocal line that comes in kind of halfway through the song. And that's more pop EDM type stuff. So that's also incorporated here. I don't know. It's just, it's a fun club track. Tanner's like typing away right now and is like, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and like I said before, I like how light the subject matter is. I just started this new job and it's been kind of stressful. And sometimes songs click with your life situation. And I just needed something to listen to that literally didn't matter. And this was kind of that song this week for me was like, okay, I got a lot going on flipped this on and was like, yes, okay, I can hide in this a little bit. And might be different for Tanner. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this one. I'm definitely with you on always having a need for that sort of a song, which will actually play into both of the two songs I'm going to talk about during my block. But the listening to the song brings me back once again to my continuing struggle to pin down what it is that I find corny in songs. Because when I listen to the song, I put it in the spreadsheet and you were laughing. The song is... <laughs> strikes me as really corny and the closest I can come to putting my finger on why I think the song is corny. You've got the chorus, you've got the line, you don't want to miss this kind of at the end of each stanza. And by itself, the way that line is delivered sounds kind of like cheesy and kind of like, I'm imagining some sort of like carnival shuckster being like, you don't want to miss this (laughs) trying to get you to come to some like uh, some tacky sideshow. And then it turns out that the sideshow is that pitch shifted vocal line that you mentioned. And it comes in just like super high pitched. And it's as if, it's as if Mostak is introducing a performance by Alvin and the Chipmunks. Like that, that is, that is what I imagine in my mind when I hear that. And so it's hard for me to get the, uh, the good vibes that you were talking about with this song. But despite all that, I, like I don't hate it. I'm more just like, we'll call it a mild dislike um okay i think that's fair and honestly the first time that i played through this bunch i was i had that little nagging like voice telling me like oh this is that mediocre stuff you don't like like put the put that blanket on it and then i gave it a little more of a chance and that made me i don't know for some reason that made me feel good We're all about feeling good on this podcast, so... (laughs) Especially this episode. Indeed. Another song that made me kind of nostalgic, in a way, was Bring Me the Horizons song Mantra. I'm going to say it as mantra, because mantra is a little bit too whiny for me. So, I will be honest with you, I actually listened to this song first, It wasn't at the bottom of the list or the top of the list, but I picked it out because I was like, I'm pretty sure that I listened to that band along with Five Finger Death Punch and Breaking Benjamin in high school to be 
or maybe to create the illusion that I was edgy and kind of like cooler than I was. And my sister and I would like make playlists of kind of semi-hardcore rock music and play it on our way to like this school that we both detested, like detested. And for some reason, I think it helped us get out our aggression. (laughs) And that's a little bit, I guess, delving deep into my personal life. So Bring Me the Horizons album, That's the Spirit, that debuted at number two in both the UK albums chart and the US Billboard 200 chart back in 2015, was kind of their last big hurrah in recent history. But they're a band that has been around for 14 or 15 years. They're from England. You will hear the accent a little bit in the beginning um, of this song, and then it kind of disappears and you forget about it. Uh, but they are from Sheffield. Let's listen. Close your eyes and listen carefully. Imagine you're stood on a beach. What a journey like you now you see. And now you're sinking. Where you thinking? That's all the time we have this week. Before the truth will set you free. Okay, that was Bring Me the Horizon song mantra. I have so many questions. And one of the questions springs from how Tanner talks a lot on this podcast about post-Lord pop music. And that made me think that this song is almost like a post-Fallout Boy kind of rock or metalcore. It's got, and I chose a clip that kind of encapsulates the two different, I I would say, opposing forces in the song that are more like dance club vibes to that drumming. That's really, I think, quintessential in even earlier Bring Me the Horizon tracks, and It's kind of cool to see the development, but I don't have a name for this. I like to put labels on things. It doesn't bother bother me as much anymore, but it is in now my playlist rotation. I like it enough, and it's kind of light enough not to be that screamy and like in your face, but you can still kind of bob your head to it. I don't even know if this is a thing. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I am talking in a circle. 
but it's a circle that contains the fact that I like this song a lot. Do you have anything to add, Tanner, that might be a little more clear than my ramblings? No, I think you brought up some good points. I think the Fall Out Boy comparison is interesting. Fall Out Boy being a band that went from pop punk to, I guess, sort of like electro pop. Like if listeners recall Centuries was probably the yeah. biggest one from that move, probably oh. 20 or early earlier in the decade at some point. Um, and this feels almost a little bit similar in, in being a, a metalcore group that is trying to move in a similar trajectory towards a more mainstream friendly sound. Um, and yeah, I would, I mean, I have to admit I'm not familiar with older Bring Me the Horizon, mm-hmm. but just comparing this to more recent Fallout Boy, I would much prefer this. Um, I think the riff is cool. The riff uh, gets a little bit of that crunchiness, but like you're saying, it doesn't overdo it. Um, I'm always up for choruses that sample a like computer, like synthesized voice. That yeah. juxtaposition between human voice and 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 uh, synthetic voice is always really compelling. I think. Um, I I think the song doesn't for me doesn't quite do enough with that riff. Like I don't think the melodic content is strong enough to kind of support the song when the riff isn't there. Um, but in general, as a song, it's it I'm. It's not bad. I'm all right with it. Yeah. I just thought of a thing. Do you remember the Punk Goes Pop albums that came out like throughout the 2000s? Yep. I I didn't listen to a ton of them, but I was familiar with them. Yeah. Yes. I loved that because it kind of fused my two loves, like the genre of punk, but not punk. It was more kind of like metal-y rock with pop songs and this reminded me a lot of that it didn't feel like those things like the synthetic voice you're talking about or the dance club kind of breakdown in the middle of the song it doesn't feel like it fits but somehow it worked and that I think was the crux of those those albums so anyway I don't want to dwell too long on this but if I didn't throw this song in the mix I think I would have been sad (laughs) and just one more final point now that you're mentioning stuff from the 2000s it's obviously there is not a like super prominent hip-hop element in this track Mm. as much as there is in these artists that I'm thinking of but it reminds me a little bit of a similar sort of cross genre move to I guess like the crunk core artists of like the late 2000s so if you think of like my god 303 or LMFAO or something like that like mm-hmm. it's a little bit similar in terms of of having the the screamy harder stuff but also borrowing from dance tracks whether that's in the case of the crunk core hip hop or in the case of this track the more uh, sort of electro pop dance type stuff but yeah not bad that's so true oh my gosh that was fun i'm ha- i'm happy we talked about bring me the horizon we survived <laughs> we did it and hopefully we will survive my final track Buckle your seatbelts because this is weird. We're about to get weird. So this next song is called Goodbye. Collaboration between primarily Jason Derulo and David Guetta. And it features verses by Nicki Minaj and Willie William. Never heard Willie William before. And I didn't dig too deep into him because I want to do a lot of listening with this one. But the background you need to know about the song is that it's an adapted I would say easy listening 
kind of classical song originally released by Andrea Bocelli. Uh, he's a really talented, blind Italian kind of like opera singer. Uh, he was my mother's, I think, favorite singer of all time while we were growing up. So we had all of his albums and my mom went to see tons of his live performances. So I'm generally a fan because I was brought up on his music. So when I heard this melody that we will get to of Jason Derulo's new song, my jaw like hit the floor. And I just, I literally said out loud, why? Why? Okay. So what you need to know about this is that it was originally released in its brand new form in 1995. Okay. And that was Andrea Bocelli, soprano Sarah Brightman, and I sang a duet. This was their thing. Here's a little clip from a live performance from 1997. Okay. Okay. Another vital piece of information about what you just heard was the 90s, folks. A very interesting time in the UK. That song peaked at number two. Number two on the UK official charts. Number two, everyone. That's, to me, that's unbelievable. I don't know. When I saw that, I was like, how? Why? What? The closest things we're seeing to what you just heard now are the charity singles that are kind of horrific in a way that crop up every once in a while. What was the last one we talked about, Tanner? It was one the was doctors the sang. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Was it with a little help from my friends? Was it the cover of that? Yes. And yeah, that was, so that was that was ghastly. Little half my friends. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So not nearly, I think, as talented as Andrea Bocelli and Sarah Brightman, but cool. This is like a blast from the past. We're connecting a lot of things. The bridge that we need to create to Jason Derulo's rendition is brought to you by the one and only Tanner Green. Before I even looked up this clip Tanner had already posted it in our spreadsheet (laughs) and I would be remiss not to play the clip that you probably all know this song from the 2008 film Step Brothers take a listen Hello. 
Simare Hasta If I may take listeners on a tangent, so I've never seen Step Brothers. I no! don't I don't the know Catalina what the plot line mixer. I don't know what the plot of Step Brothers is. I don't know the significance of this performance in the plot, but and I was also I don't even like Will Ferrell that much, but I have a friend from undergrad who's a major opera aficionado, and this friend could not stand Andrea Bocelli. And no! this is this this is this is the video <laughs> that they would always pull in order to demonstrate what they thought of Andrea Bocelli. And every time that I see this clip, doesn't make sense. I I couldn't tell you, but all I know is that <laughs> it, it it it's, it makes more sense if you go and watch the video because it's Will Ferrell and then John C. Riley on drums. There's a point where he takes a drum solo for no reason in the middle of the song, and it's just played up to this just. <laughs> super over dramatic just super saccharine degree that is absurd and hilarious and i love it back to you caitlin now that okay. i've aired my <laughs> grievances of sorts okay um that rendition that you heard unfortunately did not chart ever i don't know why it was actually i thought will ferrell did a good job <laughs> um so now you guys, I mean, I've been building this. You're probably wondering, what the heck does the Jason Derulo, David Guetta take on this song sound like? Some of you might be able to predict what you're about to hear. I ask you to take a second to imagine. <laughs> I'm imagining the best music I've ever heard. <laughs> Mind blown. Here you go, everyone. cut it there because i'm pretty sure that this is i need to create a new playlist of the most annoying songs i've ever heard in my life because this would be easily the first entry i have okay i have almost nothing to say because i don't like to say mean things but here is an objective comment about the song there are lyrics in english spanish and french cool <laughs> <laughs> all right so 
I recently dug out an interview with On Air with Ryan Seacrest. Jason Derulo went on to talk about this track. And I just, like I said, I keep asking why. Why this melody? Why is it... Tanner made a comment while we were playing the clip. Why is it repeated over and over and over? Like, too, it's to a fault. It is definitely to a fault. Too much, too much. So Delrulo says it comes from his classical background, his decision to sample Andrea Bocelli. He says, I wanted to use something that was from my childhood because I grew up singing classical music. So this was the perfect opportunity to blend worlds. And I'm glad people are loving it because I thought I was crazy for a second. You are crazy, Jason. Thanks for listening, Jason. He doesn't listen to our podcast. It's fine. Maybe he will now. So I'm not done because Jason Derulo also added this little addendum to that comment. He said the idea behind the track was to take what is usually used as a funeral song and play off the, quote, end of the spectrum and make it a, quote, fun song. The horrible decision to do that was bolstered by 14 new songwriters in additional to the two that composed the lyrics and instrumental for the original song, Francesco Santori and Lucio Lucio Quarantoto. 14 additional songwriters too many cooks in the kitchen everyone makes for a really cruddy pop song that's it from me because i could just continue down this black hole tanner do you want to provide any further thought on this i don't think i have a ton i i I mean obviously i don't like the original and speeding it up and adding a clunky beat under it doesn't exactly do it any (laughs) favors but i feel kind of bad for jason derulo i did not know about the background for his decision to make that song because I can really easily envision like if he grows up singing classical music and then he's like, I want to pick a classical song. I can imagine him picking a ton of other songs and label executives being like, no, that's not popular enough. No, that's not popular enough. And then going with the one that has uh, a broader mainstream awareness than other stuff he might've picked. And that makes me sad, but uh, that's also me looking for a silver lining in what I think is otherwise a pretty rotten song. Yeah. Just one final thing is that right now we're not seeing this on the charts in the U S. So I think it's a very cool connection to the past and how the Andrea Bocelli original did peak at number two in the UK. I didn't look up the U S unfortunately to compare, but the Jason Derulo is kind of like following it on the chart. So that's kind of interesting. I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's good, but I think it's interesting. Tanner, what you got? I'm going to save us and I'm going to move us over to two songs that I think are pretty dang good (laughs) and both pretty dang positive, doubling back to what Caitlin was talking about earlier with Mostak. So first off, we've got Smile, Living My Best Life. This is the first Hot 100 appearance by Roland Powell, a.k.a. Lil Duval. Uh, Duval's a stand-up comedian who's originally from Florida, but moved and sort of started his career in Atlanta. He's appeared on and hosted a couple MTV shows, some game shows, some reality shows, like a video clip show. Um, he's also appeared in a handful of movies, including Scary Movie 5, I guess. 
again oh, have, wow. haven't seen it but you know there's that um and he's also appeared in a bunch of hip-hop music videos um a bunch by ti one or two by by snoop dogg mostly southern hip-hop artists which makes sense given where he's from um and despite him being a comedian this is not duval's first musical effort uh, if you go back to 2011 he put out an album called sax fifth um there are some pretty notable guest features on that album you've got jeezy who contributes a verse you've got gucci Mane. you've got lil wayne so obviously even back in 2011 he was well connected enough with the hip-hop scene to have these sorts of features on his at the time what seemed might have seemed like a one-off album fortunately it was not a one-off album before we get to the song, though, as I mentioned, this is Duval's first appearance on the Hot 100. Um, no doubt that's partially because you have Snoop Dogg on the track, um, mm-hmm. but also because it's a really good song. Okay, let's take a listen. Breathing, you achieving. Snoop Dogg. I always have room in my life for these sorts of just like really unabashedly like optimistic songs. Like, and I I can't think of a better I cannot think of a better rapper to deliver a song like this or a verse like this than Snoop Dogg. Yeah. He has such a mellow, contented voice. It's perfect. It reminds me a little bit if listeners remember a number of years back, maybe 2012, 13, something like that. Um, there was a song Snoop Dogg did with Wiz Khalifa and Bruno Mars called Young, Wild, and Free that was sort of a similar uh, mood and uh, lyrical concern. Um, but at the same time, even beyond Snoop Dogg, I think Duval's singing is a really smart timbral contrast as opposed to Snoop's very uh, mellow, smooth voice. You have Duval's very raspy and kind of throaty interjections during the chorus and sort of panning back and forth with the uh, commands to smile. Um, but it doesn't clash with the song's mood. It just kind of amps the energy up a little bit, keep things, keeps things from flagging. Um, and I just really enjoy it. Um, unfortunately, we don't have time to play Ball Greasy's verse. Um, he's a Miami rapper who basically tackles the second half of the song after the midpoint. Um, and like Duval, this is also Greasy's first appearance in the Hot 100. Um, Caitlin you have any thoughts on the song? Just one. And I think 
it's going back to an episode that we talked about happy rap and depressing rap. And I think that this song fuses both of them in terms of that timbral quality of the vocals and how we have Snoop Dogg's kind of easygoing, just walkable kind of deliveries. And then you have these almost, I hate to bring them up, but Tentacion kind of like interjections with a younger energy and kind of a more demanding presence. And I think that fits generally a lot more with the depressing kind of rap that we're hearing today. And I thought that this fused it so well. It also reminds me a lot of uh, Drake's Nice For What, the bounce track. It's obviously not like full bounce we're getting here, but I get a lot of the vibes, especially kind of like the chimey sounds and the, the overall beat that just is so steady and comforting like throughout the song so those were two thoughts and i said it was only one so i'm gonna stop now (laughs) it's a two for one bargain here on chart chat and speaking of two gonna move on to my second song here that's unica uh this is the latest single from the 26 year old reggaeton star ozuna ozuna's from puerto rico and has enjoyed an almost frightening degree of success in a very short period of time He's had 12 top 10 hits on the Hot Latin Songs chart since 2017. That's a whole lot. He's also currently one of the artists on that chart's current number one song, which is titled Te Bote. Um, And that song is going on 19 weeks strong at the top of that chart. Um, That song, Te Bote, is also Ozuna's first appearance in the top 40 of the Hot 100. Um, It's no longer in the top 40. I believe it's uh, somewhere in the low 50s at the moment, but still on the Hot 100. Um, as for, uh, Unica, 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 I don't know Spanish. I apologize. Uh, this Unica. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. The the song is Ozuna's seventh appearance in the hot 100 in less than one year. Again, to reiterate, he has been on the hot 100 seven times in less than a year, despite having recently started his career in the past couple of years. It's a single from his new album, Aura, which is his second number one album on the top Latin albums chart. Uh, And it is also his first top 10 album on the all-genre Billboard 200 albums chart, where it debuts at number seven. And now that we've got those numbers, let's listen. Once again, this is Ozuna with Unica.
I am super, super impressed by Ozuna's voice. It is so nimble, so flexible. So the chorus, the, the, the hook of the song, has that very drawn-out, hypnotic sort of quality. Um, I'm thinking in particular, if you remember Nicky Jam and uh, J Balvin's X, there are some reggaeton songs that are able to turn intense repetition kind of mesmerizing, where you just get sucked in and you kind of just start moving subconsciously. And it's hard to get out. And if you're me, you listen to the song countless number of times over the past week. Um, but when the verses come, Ozuna switches it up. He um, is much more agile with his melodies. You've got shorter note durations. You've got larger melodic intervals. He kind of jumps up and down in pitch a lot more than he does during the chorus. And while you have the switching that goes on vocally, you also see that mirrored uh, in the drum timbres, particularly the snare. So for the bulk of the song, you have the sort of broad, slightly resonant snare sound, kind of like a doom, doom, a little bit like that. Um, and that sound is accented even further by a similar deeper tom sound on one and three. But then when you get to the, I guess structurally, it could be the pre-chorus or the first part of the chorus, kind of either or. Um, first off, the tom accents go away, you know, it pairs things back. But the snare changes to a narrow, kind of punchier timbre. So instead of a doom, you have kind of a ta or tss, or some something in that kind of neck of the woods, much punchier. Um, and I think both of these examples are. So you had mentioned with the most act song how you appreciated how the song kind of morphs over time and doesn't stay completely static. And I think part of what I love about this song is the fact that it does something similar. It changes over the course of the song, but the changes are subtle and not changes that interrupt the sort of continuous flow of the song as it unravels. Um, which also, as I've mentioned already, uh, I've listened to the song a ton of times. I think that that subtlety of alteration is conducive to repeat listens because you just want to keep looping it and looping it and looping it and get stuck in that trance. Uh, Caitlin, what do you think? Well, first of all, it was a contender for pick of the week. A very, very, very close. strong contender. Very close. I think it's both cute and sexy at the same time. I don't know. I think that it plays on both of those things. And I don't think a lot of reggaeton achieves that. I think, for example, if we think back to Despacito, I think that in my mind was trying to do that, like fuse the Latin love ballad with reggaeton. But it did less of a good job than Unica does of achieving that kind of... I don't know. I, I just keep saying it's like very sexy. Like it's it moves and it kind of flows. It's almost like a wave... I'm so confused because it, it it's like a competing thing, right? Like you think if a song is cute, it doesn't necessarily have those characteristics of like a sexier song. But I think Azuna is doing an amazing job at this. And I think that's why he's kind of killing it, especially compared to people like Luis Fonsi, who is the Latin love balladeer of Despacito. Um yeah, so that's that's my thought. And like I said, it was a contender for pick of the week. It is not our pick of the week, however. 
What is Caitlin? Pick of the week. Oh, fancy that you should ask. It's the one and only platinum blonde, well, Charlie Puth. I, we almost, well, I don't think Tanner would have taken it away based on this, but I almost took away this amazing bestowal. Is bestowal a word? Bestowing? Anyway. It is now. Because I saw a picture of him. What was it before the VMAs or the Kids' Choice Awards or whatever? He dyed his hair platinum blonde, and he looks like one of the Zack and Cody twins, and it's just not cool. Not cool, Charlie. He also probably doesn't listen to this podcast, but maybe now he will. Okay. Pick of the week goes to The Way I Am. (laughs) (sighs) That's just the way I am. Maybe I'ma get a little shy Cause everybody's trying to be famous And I'm just trying to find a place to hide All I wanna do is just hold on somebody But no one ever wants to get to know somebody I don't even know how to explain this I don't even think I'm gonna try Beautiful. This track comes from Voice Notes, and it was honestly a surprise to see it uh, this week because this album came out back in May. So the songs have been floating in the ether for a while. It's definitely not my favorite song on the album. My top three in this order are Boy, Empty Cups, and LA Girls. But gosh, I mean, there's just something about that. And I just love that repetitiveness and juxtaposing it with that super catchy melody. Like the magical thing about Charlie Puth is that even for non-musical people, I feel like you can hear and produce the melodies he sings, right? Like he just gives you this musical thing on a platter and people just devour it. Like this is why Charlie Puth and, and people like Sean Mendez are like blowing up in the tween young adult like huge market today. And I think it is almost purely because of their super catchy melodies. Um, what else do I have to say about this? Yeah, those rapid fire 16th notes that you hear at the beginning. And it has that guitar riff. It's the exact same as his voice, like same notes. And then you have a little bit lower in the mix. Is it a kick drum? Do you know what I'm talking about, Tanner? The like there is something there that holds down. I think it's a kick. Yeah, like a it's an electronic kick. It's not like an actual kick drum. And I thought it at first it was just kind of like the sound of the guitar, like just hitting a string. So it could also be that. Um, so yeah, it's it's really cool to listen to him keep doing this thing and me also still liking it because usually I'm like, oh, this gets old pretty quick. But 
those super simple kind of like within a pentachord melody in the verses and then gonna tell them all and then it just like goes to new heights and then comes back down up down up down and maybe that's why I'm so mesmerized by it it's because it gives you those the high of listening to someone kind of push their voice a little bit and then the lows of like nothingness wow you're a wizard charlie you're a wizard (laughs) anyway tanner sorry i'm talking too long about our pick of the week what do you think about this song no you're good you did a good job of covering most of what i love about it um i will i will throw into the mix uh the reason you're seeing it show up on the charts is because it's being promoted on radio is the latest single from the album voice notes um I will say that while this was not one of your top three on the album, this would make my top three on the album. I Mm. really like the song a whole bunch, um, but I also really like voice notes a whole whole bunch. I I think it's one of the best albums of the year. I am slightly embarrassed by how much of a uh, sucker you and I seem to both be for Mr. Pooth and how many times we have (laughs) given him a pick of the week but uh when the songwriting is this good and the production is this crisp it's uh it's hard to to say no sorry azuna you were close thanks so much for listening to chart chat where we're trying to find a place to hide oh my god if you'd like to listen to all this past week's chart debuts you could find youtube and spotify playlists in the show notes and if you have any questions feedback or corrections if you would like to uh tell me how brilliant that really dumb joke i just made was uh you can get in touch with us via email at chartchatcast at gmail.com also if you're interested in following us on social media you can find us on twitter and instagram at chartchatcast also please consider rating and reviewing us on your audio platform of choice Chart Chat's intro theme was written by Peter Kelly, and our cover art was made by Billy Phillips, both from Coronation Media. Coronation Media is a creative studio specializing in video production, animation, and graphic design. To learn what they can do for your company or organization, visit www.coronationmedia.com. Chart Chat is also a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J.fm. Should I do it again? Thanks again for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Tanner Green. I'm Caitlin Flay. <laughs> and we will catch you next week. <laughs>